Hi, and welcome to the Ready for Polyamory podcast. This is season five, episode seven, Polyamorous Pride. As always, I'm your host, Laura Boyle of the Ready for Polyamory blog and social media and book. I'm not very creative with the naming. Everything is called Ready for Polyamory. So, uh, in Ready for Polyamory news, last week the audiobook became available. And I know that lots of you who listen to the podcast are among the folks who had asked about an audiobook becoming available. So, if you've been waiting to read Ready for Polyamory, A Pragmatic Guide to Consensual Non Monogamy, until there was an audiobook available, the audiobook, which is narrated by the wonderful Liang Yao of Polyphilia blog, is now available on Audible, and you can find the link in the show notes. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's my biggest piece of housekeeping this week. Moving forward to today's episode, I'm here with Christian of Polyam Proud, which is an organization dedicated to creating and selecting a new flag for polyamorous pride. Um... And we're going to have a nice discussion about polyamory, pride, pride events, and why it matters whether or not folks like the flag that we currently have available for a polyamorous pride flag. So I hope you enjoy that interview. That's up next. So I'm here today with Christian from Polyam Proud to talk a little bit about sort of pride in general and what polyamory pride is and why we're looking for a new flag for the polyamorous community. Hi, Christian. Thank you for coming on the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. So can you tell me a little bit about the Polyam Proud Project and what you guys are doing? Uh, yeah. Um, so Polyam Proud was um, sort of born from an effort to, to redesign the current I, I say this kind of in air quotes the the current polyamorous pride flag um if you have seen it it's the one with the pie symbol on it uh if you've not seen it uh it is a blue stripe um and a red stripe and a black stripe uh, horizontally from the top down um, and then uh, over the red stripe is a uh, yellow pie symbol yeah it's those garish colors that I based my initial logo on before I got a graphic designer to make it look better for me mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's um, we've it, it, basically it's sort of it was a personal gripe that I had that, you know, I, I thought this flag isn't working. Um, um, no one wants to look at it uh, and therefore no one wants to use it, uh, which makes it useless. Um, and so I, I tried my hand at um, redesigning, put it on Reddit, about a week later, another person did the same thing. And then I kind of realized, oh, uh, this is like, a, this is the cycle. This is what happens is mm -hmm. um, 
you know, someone will look up what the polyamorous pride flag looks like, or they'll see it in like a lineup of, you know, pride flags. Um, what's that? And then uh, see that it doesn't look great. And then um, redesign it, throw it on the internet somewhere, whether that's Tumblr or Twitter or um, wherever. Um, we have just aged ourselves by naming Tumblr. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> still cooking over there in Tumblr. Um, uh, but yeah, they throw it, throw it online for, you know, anywhere between like 50 and 500 people see it and everyone goes, oh, okay. And then that's it. Um, uh, and then just more and more people do that. So now we have this pile of attempted designs um, and we've done pretty extensive research. We've unearthed like 30, mm -hmm. 30 plus different designs. Uh, I'm sure there's more. Um, and um, none of them are sufficient because none of them are being used, um, which is the point. Um, right. Or all of them are being used by one person. It's the situation where for a while in my eight person polycule, we had six different pride flags displayed in different crafts around people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's that's kind of a great story, too. Wow. That's that's a totally different problem. But yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so. The the person that had. Uh, put a, a few different designs on Reddit after I did, um, I messaged them. I was like, hey, uh, what gives? <laughs> I already did this. Um, and, and he was like, I don't know. Like, I, um, we got to try to figure something out, right? And I was like, yeah, what if we work together? Um, I think actually it was his idea. It was his idea to say, like, would you want to work together? And I said, yes. Um, because ultimately the goal was um, create a better flag. Like, and by better, I mean, like, more useful um, by being more appealing. Right. And so is part of the idea that because the current one is so sort of aesthetically displeasing it doesn't get used and therefore you end up with the situation where like like in my polycule people went to look it up and said oh that one's kind of ugly oh but i see that there's alternates listed underneath i'm gonna use this green scale one while i'm painting this thing to go on my wall that represents this right or like oh that pie i don't like it i'll do this infinity heart one instead right like yeah exactly that so we're we're in this weird place where um there's just not been a focus um there's not been a a, a, a sense of unity mm -hmm. um around a, a single design um and there's like the sort of common joke that you hear is like well you're polyamorous so you're not going to choose just one <laughs> um and um yeah 
haha, <laughs> you know, that's true. Um, but also, um, polyamorous people are not like incapable of decision, right? Like we're, we're not incapable of unifying. I mean, uh, a neurodiverse, and... bisexual, switch, polyamorous person, I might be incapable of making some decisions. However, <laughs> personal call-outs aside, <laughs> I will grant you that as a community, we are perfectly capable of making decisions. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Uh, uh, yeah, I definitely relate to you there. Um, and And it... I think in, in a lot of cases, like, like this one, uh, there's kind of a lot at stake, um, if we don't make a decision. Um, okay. and, uh, I guess, so to, to maybe round off the, the bit about like the organization, we like started mm -hmm. poly and proud, because we we thought like there's there's a better way to do this than to just throw it on a single like social media page or whatever. Uh, and the better way was to uh, contact as many people as we could um, that have a stake in this. Um, so polyamorous people who um, are working in activism um, or you know who have some kind of following. Mm -hmm. um and to get their take and to to get them involved um and then it kind of we realized like okay we will make a committee so that people are more likely to trust that this is like inclusive um because it is right and they're more likely to trust uh, and uh that that this has been done by people who understand non-monogamy and people who understand polyamory. Um, right, that it's not just somebody who found polyamory last year, looked up their pride flag in May and went, oh shit, I don't want to use this. Exactly, because so, there's this committee of people who, who've been in it for however long, mm -hmm. um, who, who, who have a direct hand in, in selecting these flags yeah and for folks who haven't been sort of following polyam proud social media as i have for a few months now um there's a process kind of being set up where they're selecting a committee of folks who as christian was saying are either kind of community leaders or activists or representative in terms of having a larger following who are from a variety of backgrounds um, and they're in the process of doing that. And in addition to doing that, they're setting up um, a like voting software to kind of do a runoff of what gets presented to the committee. If I understood correctly from what I've read. Um, uh, a little bit backwards. So we, okay. so it's the opposite is that the committee narrows it and then yes. people vote. Okay. Exactly that. Yep. So the, we're getting designs from uh, from the community. We're producing our own designs. Um, uh, people are mostly they're submitted by email through the website or mm -hmm. uh, by uh, direct message on one of our 
social media platforms. Um, and then uh, designs are, are sent to, will be sent to a, a series of, a group of consultants that's about like 50 plus people strong mm-hmm. um, and around the world um, who maybe don't have a following, but who, you know, have a stake because they are polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, then those designs will get, we'll get feedback on those. They'll get narrowed down and those will go to the committee, which is a, a much smaller group of people, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Um, they will uh, themselves give feed, feedback and narrow the designs down to mm, three to five. Mm-hmm. Um, those will go on the website um, uh, and the website we've like developed uh, with lots of help. Uh, we've developed a voting system that will live on the website, um, which is um, secure and uh fair in that like a, the the order in which the the candidates appear has been randomized and um etc cetera, etc cetera. um and that's where you do your rank choice vote um and then by the end of that uh, which that'll be up for at least two weeks uh, a month when the actual voting happens um and then by the end of it we'll have a new a new flag so that's all really cool. Now that we've talked about sort of the idea of what the project is and why it is that, or like what it is that you're looking for, what's so important about a pride flag in particular for a community? Like what does having one stand for that made it so important for you to want to seek one out for the polyamorous community in particular? Like, I understand that we had one and it was bad, but beyond that, what is it about pride flags that's important here? Yeah. Um, so I think there's like, there's often some pushback that we get um, about this project, which is, you know, people are like, this is, this is not important. You know, flags are, if flags don't do anything or like, you know, it's, it's like a silly sort of frivolity, but um, that is in fact not the case. Um, There is historical evidence, um, sociological evidence and plenty of psychological research that um, demonstrates that symbols, um, a flag included, mm-hmm. um, are really important to giving giving the group that uses the symbol a sense of community and a sense of belonging, yeah. uh, and showing the people who are not in that group that that group exists. Um, and for a while, part of the reason that the current flag doesn't really work is that flag was intentionally designed to obscure who and what it's for, because uh, it was designed um, to 
uh, to quote the creator, um, hide in plain sight, right? Mm -hmm. um, but pride is not about hiding, is it? Exactly. Right? Like, pride is meant to do the opposite. It's the we're here, we're queer moment. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, um, that's a, like, when you think of pride, you think of, um, you know, June and, and the, the pride parade, like, um, you just think of this like swath of rainbow. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because the rainbow flag is the like representative factor um, right. of the larger like LGBT plus community. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I realize that like the number of polyamorous people is perhaps far less than the number of LGBTQ plus people. Statistically, based on studies of who self IDs as both, the number of people who are openly LGBT in the United States in 2019 was equal to the number of people who are willing to admit in a survey that they are non-monogamous. Interesting. Wow. So pretty big. it is both between four and 6%. So when accounting for margin of error, identical. Wow. Okay. Um, which uh, is something that, that people don't consider, but yeah. it's true. It's one of those things where I understand why folks don't want to sort of automatically go, well, polyamorous people are queer, even though there's a lot of overlap in those communities, because we're not automatically queer. Like many of us are, mm -hmm. I'm personally bisexual, but like, you don't need to be queer to be polyamorous but it is still a non-normative identity and it's a growing non-normative identity right yes um yeah and i i think maybe the point that i was going to make is is irrelevant which is just that um you know maybe there's not going to be a massive polyamorous celebration where like um you know eventually 20 to 30 years from now there's like people very much associate polyamory with the like colors on this new flag or whatever um but like and and also it, a, a pride flag does not necessarily immediately or directly grant us rights or legal protections that we don't have right but no, absolutely it took decades for people using versions of rainbow flags which have evolved over the last few decades mm -hmm. like the modern ones don't look the same as they did when they were hanging in san francisco anyway i've got a whole spiel that doesn't actually need to go into this but <laughs> these symbols that can evolve over time are still really useful for making it clear that there's a community present that you actually have to reckon with as a community force. And especially now in a time where politically things are getting regressive rather than progressive mm -hmm. legally, it's important to community build and to note that we're here as opposed to going, oh, let's get as far in the closet as possible. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, I think often about, and we've, 
I've spoken with folks um, who are involved in, uh, like some of the folks at um, Plaque, the, the yeah, the PLAC, the Polyamory Legal Advocacy Coalition. That's the one. Uh, spoken with some of the folks there, and they've, you know, some of those folks have created this new organization called Open, if I'm mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. Um, which uh, do you know what that acronym stands for? I don't remember. Non-monogamy is the last word. It's the. I always have trouble remembering their acronym. I looked it up in post. It's the Organization for Polyamory and Ethical Non-Monogamy. Um, and I think it's really cool that it's more inclusive of both polyamory and non-monogamy. As you see, as we continue our conversation, cutting right back into the actual conversation now. Um, but regardless, they're doing this interestingly because they're specifically trying not to focus it on polyamory in particular mm -hmm. because they think it's really important to not narrow our spectrum too far as both sort of non-normative identities on the more open end the relationship anarchist end and things like this become more popular and as people get less willing to ID as polyamorous because our political climate is getting more dangerous, but they're engaging in non-monogamous relationships anyway, mm -hmm. because culturally we've opened up to it so much. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, and it, there's also this sort of, um, you basically have a two pathways to get, um, uh, to sort of advance your uh, legal allowances. Um, and one is like, okay, is, is polyamory or ethical non-monogamy an identity? Um, and if it is an identity, then there's this like unconstitutional um, infringement right. on my identity. Um, or is polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, um, uh, like a chosen lifestyle? And if that's the case, um, is it unconstitutional to, um, deny my right to choose it? Um, to impede on the practice of my lifestyle, which is not harming anyone. And then you have to prove the lack of harm and you have to prove the other factors around that. And that, for example, a town is just being over the top and like NIMBY in their zoning laws or whatever, yeah. as opposed to they're actually impeding on a constitutional right to like your being present in your identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's um, uh, that actually zoning laws is really interesting. It, it makes me think back on um, in uh, where I went to college, mm -hmm. there are these like archaic um, laws that s are still in place and still affect the community, even though everyone knows like they're just archaic laws. Um, uh, where I went to college there, there's no like sort of assigned by the college, um, 
mm-hmm. Greek life, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, homes. Right. But uh, there's <laughs> there. So the the different sororities and fraternities like own houses in, in the community. And there's a law that that says um, you can't have more than X number of women living in a single home mm-hmm. because uh, the law in They're trying to prohibit brothels, well, probably. Exactly. Exactly that, uh, which is probably like super common in the US. Well, yeah, all over. Um, and so like this recent law that was in, I believe it's Kansas, a town just outlawed roommates functionally. Um, and they did it because they were actually trying to prevent uh, farmers from housing migrant workers in a way that was dangerous. But the way they mm-hmm. phrased it functionally outlawed having roommates. Um, and a lot of towns have definitions of their single family zoning that define families in ways that mean that like your grandparents can't live with you unless you put a second kitchen in the house yep, or things like this. Right. So like I went to law school at the university of Connecticut law school in Hartford and it's in a single family zoning area. And around the corner, there are these giant, like, leftover mansions from a century before that are, like, starting to get decrepit. And Mm -hmm. this polycule bought one of these mansions and had fixed it up and was living in it. But, you know, because it's actually big enough to house, like, five adults and their two kids or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly how many adults it was, but one of the dyads had children and none of the others did. But it was several adults and two children living in this home, plenty fewer than the number of rooms. They had done renovations. They had fixed it up. They'd made it real nice. And they were getting sued by their neighbors for having too many cars outside of the house and violating zoning laws. And eventually they forced the city of Hartford to redefine what single family housing was, what zoning looked like in that city. Mm. But it took them multiple years and an extremely expensive legal battle. Yeah. That's like, uh... it just was such a wild thing to watch happening in like 2015. Right. Um, yeah. And that's the kind of thing that like, you know, pe- people coming back to the, the conversation of pride and like, you know, would do, should polyamorous people be included in this? Like, um, like I, if, if I were to say, you know, like the, the people that I mm-hmm. choose to love, whomever they are, um, or the people that I like am building a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, if our goals in the relationship are like we want to live together, we want to have a family, we want to get married. Yep. Um, should 
uh, like if, if, if I'm not able to do that, um, if we're not able to do that, um, because the law says that we can't do that. Yeah. Um, like how is that different? Like nothing, nothing of what I just said yeah. is not applicable to any other LGBTQ plus identity. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I'm not saying that the are like that the the sort of level of oppression is is equivalent, um, and you know I and I am like really cognizant of um, the that 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 transness right or non-binary identities are far more visible Mm -hmm. to um non-queer people Mm -hmm. than say people on the uh aero ace spectrum um and there's something there's something about that like that that immediate visibility that endangers trans people right right there's a certain amount of passing privilege that some of us have and some of us don't yes um and polyamorous people can acknowledge that and we can also acknowledge that polyamorous people or non-monogamous people more generally like um also deserve to live the lives they want to live right as visibly or not visibly as they choose to live them right we don't need to be poster children for a particular brand of polyamory that is more palatable to monogamous people in order to be granted rights right Right. and like that's a weird place where we find ourselves at the moment where we're kind of doing the please sir may i have family and parenting rights for all of the parents of my children because my children have three Mm -hmm. parents right Mm -hmm. and like i live in a state where that has just become possible through a loophole um essentially they set it up such that um lesbian and gay people adopting children didn't need to revoke the rights of biological parents anymore um and in so doing they left it open in such a way that non-monogamous parents could get themselves added to the birth certificates of their non-biological children um and i have a great polyamory aware family lawyer who was like guys this is in place the legislature has sort of indirectly acknowledged to us that you can use it this way let's get in there and do it before they revoke it (laughs) like yeah Wow. So these are things that are possible currently that might not be possible forever in my very blue northeastern state. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So we're in this place where it's like we sort of live in an extremely divided American landscape. And in other parts of the world, in some places, this is more feasible than others in a yes. very mixed bag kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us are doing the like hands out, please, sir, may I have some rights? Mm-hmm. Um, and in so doing, there's a lot of pressure to be like, let's be as presentable as possible publicly so that we can get some rights. A lot like in the years leading up to marriage equality, I feel like there was a lot of pressure to be like, 
look at these queer couples who are just like your straight couple next door. Here are yeah. these lesbians who have been together for 45 years and raised three children. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be exactly how we have to do it. And yet it sort of is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think like, I think that's part of the work uh, that, that a flag kind of um, pushes toward. To like, yeah, exactly. Right. Like that we exist um, um, and we have, a, even if it, even if not like a, a sort of like unified philosophy of like what it means to be polyamorous or what it means to be non-monogamous, um, that we that we have a notion of unity within the community that that um, uh, even if we don't all want the same things, we want um, all of the people who are like us um, not to be blocked from living life the way they want to live their life right a flag gives us something to rally behind so that we don't argue about the fact that you're showing lots of thruples on tv yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> no shade but lots of shade like yeah yeah no shade to the actual thruples lots of it to the tv producers that's what i'm saying yeah, and I think I think also there's there's something about like a, a flag that is uh, visually appealing, you know. Because if if someone sees a a flag that uh, is, for lack of a better word, ugly, mm -hmm. um, and you know they they see it and they're like, yeah, like what is that? Maybe, and then they disengage with it. But if they see a flag that's like um visually appealing they they may be more likely to investigate you know who who carries that flag what what is that right what is that who are these people what's that grouping of people in the parade let's figure this out mm -hmm. like and i still know people who when they're sort of waffling back and forth am i going to say buy or am i going to say pan are like well the colors of this one i'm with that mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. And like, as silly as that is, it's still part of their calculus, you know? I mean, for most people my age, it's just that we were using bi forever. And then people came along and were like, but have you heard of pan? And we were like, but I have a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Guys, I'm doing sight gags again. I'm sorry. I keep doing giant shrugs and arm wiggles. Um, <laughs> so, but in a sort of big general sense, I just kind of want to reinforce for my listeners because I get into these fights on Twitter all the time. So anyone who follows me on there has seen this. But if you don't, you maybe don't know that I am like loud and angry about it. Pride is an inclusive place to be. And I want you to feel like you get to be there, whether or not we have a good polyamory flag yet you should feel welcome to sort of go and be there and be part of it, especially if you or some of your partners have other intersecting queer identities. But even if you don't, to sort of 
go and observe and participate and feel like you can sink into some portion of community, right? And like, it can be a really heady experience to do this, especially in big cities. Um, the one thing that I will not accept from you is if you then send me a note saying, I brought my 10 year old with me and parts of this were inappropriate for them. Because guys, use your best judgment. Parts of pride are about being loud about our sexuality. Sometimes that involves nudity. Sometimes that involves people doing interesting things with like leather or sex toys in public. Not in like an overtly like using them way, but in a like costume way. If you're really upset that your children can't see those, don't bring them with you or go to the one that's marketed as family friendly. Where I live, there are family friendly prides in the sort of small towns around me. And then you go into the city if you're going to go to the big one. And the big one is not where I bring my six year old. Right. So like consider what the difference is, what the venue is and what you're trying to do for your different experiences and have a great time. It's worth it. That's yeah. my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there's something so interesting to me about the, the idea that like, so all of pride sort of stems from this identifier of homosexuality, right? Which is literally like who you are sexually attracted to and who you therefore have sex with, right? And I think like it, it turned into who we love, right? Mm -hmm. it, it turned into like a homo romantic. Right. Um, and that's great and it's very much both um because like initially homosexuality is like um right lots of people use a sexuality term without any regard for a split attraction model of real life right <laughs> um and also like the the like sex part of it matters when you realize that like the law was preventing certain sexual like sodomy for example right right um which those laws are still on the books some places as we regress into places. upholding all of the regressive laws i'm i can't even this week yeah yeah um but it it, it just it just surprises me that there's like yeah uh, that people don't see the through line of like this in in large part has to do with sex and of course it does they shout row they whisper griswold they're coming for birth control next and then after that it's sex acts like i don't yeah it's unsurprising yeah the but then there's like a i don't know don't like there's this don't under... make pride about sex to right. like to protect right. my kids and like Right. No, no, no. Pride is about sex. That's, I yeah. don't, like, I am not gay as in happy, I am queer as in fuck you, and that may mean as in literally fucking you, depending on who you are. Um, so, really, 
I don't understand when people are like, I brought my five-year-old and I was very disappointed. Like, was it the cute family one that has the bouncy house? Because if not, you went to the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is the same thing. Like when we see people saying like, you know, I don't want to see any uh, kink or leather or anything at Pride. Um, if, then don't go. Like, I don't know what to tell right. you. Stonewall was a riot. And the first several Pride parades were literally guarded by leather daddies ready to beat the people off who were going to attack the people marching in the Pride parade. So, right. like, fuck off. Leather belongs at Pride. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on the same token, the, the, the pe people uh, within the LGBT plus community are saying, uh, and they say it every year, polyamorous people don't belong at Pride, uh, either because we're, like, not oppressed not enough, enough, not queer enough, um, and or we are, like, a blanket statement, we are sexual predators. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that's no, okay. You... They by that logic, they're all groomers, and the right wing is correct. So, like, I just it's all a slippery slope, and I refuse to acknowledge it. Yeah, also, like, I mean, if you want, if if your issue is like predatory sexual behavior or sexual harassment, then your issue is with harassment individuals and harassment yeah yeah not polyamorous people <laughs> correct there are some in every community there are missing stairs in every community and it's the yeah. job of those individual communities and those community leaders to find those people and eject them is that always easy yeah. no is it harder sometimes in polyamory because we're often not that organized as a local community yes but like is there work we can do to become more organized as local communities absolutely and should we be doing it probably uh, you know and i think in a lot of cases we are right like yeah and i think um that is again some of the work of a flag right knowing being having a you know having a local building with this flag outside of it i think would do wonders right or even i think polyamorous people have a, a unique relationship with like family therapy yeah. um and if you don't if if you go into a therapist's office and you were to see this flag like oh good like these are these are people that understand me, you right. know, these what are people that way to I signal that you're safe for someone. Yeah, exactly. Or that, like uh, your particular local triangle center is a place that is safe for polyamorous youth as yes. opposed to one that's going to judge them right out the door. Yep, exactly. Like that seems only positive to me exactly on, that's uh, that's what we're trying to do yeah and on that note i think everybody should follow you guys on social media you guys are at polyam proud on instagram and twitter right any other socials yep, that's right um yeah we do have facebook we do have tumblr um 
it's it's polyam proud no spaces no underscore or anything like that just all one word um so everybody should follow them there and you'll find the link to the website there as well as in the show notes here thank you so much for joining me today christian to talk with me and to join me in ranting about pride <laughs> and the way people gatekeep it yeah yeah it was uh frustrating and fun <laughs> <laughs> So thanks once again to Christian of Polyam Proud for joining us for this wonderful episode of the Ready for Polyamory podcast. As always, thank you for listening. I just want to remind folks of all the places where you can find us on social media. Uh, you can find Christian and Polyam Proud at Polyam Proud on various social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and, of course, at polyamproud.com, uh, where you'll find links to the rest of their project. You can find Ready for Polyamory at the Ready for Polyamory blog at readyforpolyamory.com. If you're interested in peer support or coaching, you can book a first appointment with me at my Ko-Fi page, ko-fi.com slash readyforpolyamory. And that'll give you options for doing either a half hour or an hour session, sort of depending on whether you just want to do a quick, like, are we a decent fit appointment or a, I think we're going to be a decent fit and let's do some backstory kind of appointment. Um, and that can be either for you personally or a dyad or sort of larger chunk of polycule all at once. Uh, if you know that you're sort of ready to dive in and start doing a larger, uh, pattern of meeting with someone about a polyamorous issue, you can email me directly at readyforpolyamory uh, at gmail.com and we can talk about plans that I have available for booking more than one session at once because they are cheaper than booking individual sessions. Anyway, we've also got the audiobook available now, uh, which the link is in the show notes. Uh, and of course, the regular book and Kindle are at Amazon. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ready for Polyamory and Twitter at LauraCB88, where I continue arguing with people about who belongs at Pride and who doesn't. Uh, I hope you enjoy the last few days of your month of May and then all of your Pride Month in June. I'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>